Hello everyone. Welcome once again to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. I am your host, Ruth McPhee, as ever. What we'll be having for today's episode is the second part of our exploration of the Body Snatchers of Great Yarmouth. Do go back and listen to the first part if you haven't heard it yet. In that, we explored some of the context for this uh, rash of body snatching crimes that swept across the UK in the 1800s. Um, Why did they happen? Who was snatching these bodies? What was happening to the bodies afterwards? What did it all mean? These are some of the things we started to talk about. We also went very silly. There was some chat about a silly bridge disaster involving um, a clown and some geese. Uh, No more talk of that today, you'll be pleased to hear. For today's episode, we'll get right into the story of the Yarmouth body snatchers themselves and the unsavoury events of a couple of months in the year 1825. (laughs) proper book I read? Yes, please. It's called Death, Dissection and the Destitute. Nice alliteration. By Ruth Richardson. As stated earlier, the main areas of risk of body snatching, at risk of snatching, were towns and cities with or not far from medical schools. Edinburgh, London, Bristol, Manchester, Birmingham. This is my question from earlier. Big cities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yarmouth was not a main contender for the crime because there wasn't really... I mean, there was no medical school in Yarmouth. No, no university. There wasn't even one. Norwich didn't have a medical school, as far as I know. So why, why, oh why, did this crime happen in Yarmouth? Frankenstein. Yeah, just one wrong one. Yeah. No, you're incorrect. It oh. was not Frankenstein. Was it one wrong one? No. Well, Several one multiple wrong <laughs> Um, so the thing was that people weren't ready. So as I've said in other places, they've built their metal cages, oh. they've got their mort houses, they uh, standing vigil outside the graves. Not in Yarmouth. They had no idea that this sort of thing so was about to happen. it's like county lines. You go out of town to get the ones who don't understand. Oh, yeah. No. It is like county lines. Um, it was a rude awakening for Yarmouth in the year of 1827. The local police began to grow suspicious that some unorthodox activity was happening in the graveyard of St Nicholas Church, which was the Great Yarmouth Minster. They found some disturbances of the earth, a few things that they were like, mm, a bit suspicious, a little bit suspicious. Possible reports of people sneaking around at night. Sneaking thieves. Sneaking, sneaking, sneaking. So they thought, we'll investigate. We don't want the public to get wind of this. Because we don't want a mass hysteria. We don't want any vigilante justice. We don't want people bloody digging up their relatives just in case they've been snatched just to check. Where would they have put them? (laughs) They haven't got a mortal house, they're not ready. Well, no, it's true. However, they were too slow in their work. Soon the local community got wind of the idea that the police thought the graveyard might have fallen prey to some snatchers. Someone spoke in the tavern. Could be. You think? Yeah. The local tavern. You know, Bob's off duty. He goes down. Bob in his tankard. He's like, oh, someone's like, oh, what are you looking into at the moment, Bob? He's like, oh, snatchers. 
Resurrection men, sack them up men. They're like, what are you talking about, Bob? Bob's like, well, I've got a story. And then yeah. they're, because Bob they're likes like, to talk. hang on, we're in Great Yarmouth. That doesn't happen around here. But Bob does a sad face. Mm. Uh-oh, I've got some news for you. Now, the word gets out. Mr George Beck, a local baker, has recently lost his wife and she was buried in the graveyard of St Nicholas. He made the decision to examine her grave and set about his work. Oh. Digging, digging, digging. Why? What? To see if she's there. Because the pub... the rumour's gone out. The rumour's gone out. The, From the tavern. Pe- the police think that body snatchers might be operating in the area. The local people are like, what the fuck? I want to just check my wife's still in her grave. So did the, bo- the body snatchers did quite a good cover-up job. They filled those graves in. They, of course, because you don't just leave everything But I thought you might, because you just... Whiz off on your No, cart. because you want to cover your tracks, Joe. Oh. Think of being a good body snatcher. You don't want to be caught. It's so maybe later in London <clears throat> when you've got 500 bodies, it's like a cat and mouse okay. going with the police. You're just grabbing one and running. Exactly. Yeah. But at this point, you're trying to pretend you're they've not even entered, in there. They've entered, like Katie says, county lines. They've entered new area. They don't want to be rumbled too soon, so they're trying mm. to cover their tracks. So Mr George Beck, the baker, he sets about his work... He digs, he digs, he digs. He pulls out the coffin, he opens the coffin. She's not there. No wife. No wife in the coffin. Do they leave anything as a little... Well, they leave all the clothes and shit in there. They They leave the clothes? Yeah, they take the body. That's another thing that's going to take time. You undress the body. body. They take the body. I mean, that's going to take time up. Yeah. Well, they've got time. Great Yarmouth Sons Clearly we would be better at this job than them. (laughs) Mrs. Beck's body is missing. Mrs. Beck the baker. Mrs. Beck the baker's wife. Her body's missing. It's like Top Trumps. It is. It's like <laughs> Not a, Top Trumps, that family. other one. Happy, Happy families. families. The discovery sent the town into the commotion because they're like, shitting shit. There's people stealing our wives. We, so Mel. Into the commotion. <laughs> yeah. Many others who have recently deceased loved ones are like, God, we need to find out if they've been gone as well. And you can imagine there'll be some who people were buried probably three years ago. They want to get in on the action. Oh, my wife was buried three years ago. She might be stolen. What about Ethel? What about Ethel? So everyone's getting in on the action. Over the next three or four days, the papers report extraordinary scenes <laughs> as the uh, local community descend on the graveyard, all digging, 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 digging at the graves. Oh, God. I know. Some were missing. There were some missing. But some are going to be horrific. And some are in there, Katie. Yep. Some of them are in there. And that's your fault. You've done it. <laughs> well, yeah. So the the graveyard is just strewn with like soil, crying people. Some of the coffins do still have bodies in, so it's a really bad idea. What does the vicar say? Uh, he's probably powerless <clears throat> at this stage to do but anything. It is beautiful churchyard. Well, all the I daffodils. think he's inside drinking the special wine because let's face it, it's like a horrific scene from Living Dead out there. It's the end of the world. He's yeah. thinking. Yeah, just fucking arms. On no, why is an arm off? <laughs> An arm's not off, sorry. Well, it everyone. might be, because it might become loose over they time, and then it's like, <laughs> these aren't professionals, they're just whipping out stuff, they don't know what's happening. No one here's a professional, <laughs> it's true. Just lost um, an arm. Several more missing corpses were discovered, and the community was awash with both grief and intense fury. It's they were absolutely it's furious. And they're wielding their tankards. Yeah. <laughs> That's the tank of noise. <laughs> I like that we both thought they were, they were wielding their blood bags of amaretto boots. <laughs> it's 
Because that's what you slap someone with. <laughs> so the police were still investigating, but really the cat's out of the bag. So now everyone's like to the police, like, what the fuck? Oh, the corpse is out of the coffin. <laughs> the corpses are literally out of the coffins. <laughs> that's oh, so God. Cool. The coffin's out of the grave, the corpse is out of the coffin. It's like a reverse Russian doll. <laughs> body snatching doll and the police are still like oh god we now they especially need to find out what's going on they don't care well it seems they care a bit more because i think they're not used to it so for you know the london police the edinburgh police they're jaded they're jaded about mm. all this stuff but the yarmouth police are like who's here on our fucking patch digging up these bodies now mr beck's really upset because his wife's gone no one knows what's happened to literally her. gone she's literally gone exactly now the investigations at last bore fruit. The truth began to come out. It was quite actually an elaborate plot. It was This hadn't been thrown together. It, this was quite, you know, a detailed plot. And there were a number of perpetrators. And it went, we might say, almost to the top. What, not the Queen? Bam, bam, <laughs> bam. No, not the Queen. Or as it was I don't know the, the King. I know, King. I know. Sorry. Was it um, one of the Georges in that point? 1827? Probably a George. I mean, the thing is with those Georges, notoriously rapscallion. Yeah. Scallions. So, a scallion is a spring onion, actually. What's a rapscallion? Well, a ne'er do well. But I don't know what a spring onion's got to do with a ne'er do well. <laughs> a rapping onion. <laughs> like Parappa the Rapper. Doesn't an onion teach him how to rap? <laughs> What's the onion? Chris knows. What's the onion called? I don't think he's got a name. He's got a name. He's the teacher. He's the teacher. Uh, he's an onion. He teaches Parappa the rapper how to rap. Or to do Kung Fu. He teaches him to do Kung Fu. Okay. Sorry, it's a video game from the early days. Punch, kick. Punch, punch, punch kick. It's all in the mind. Yeah, that's what he says. It's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. Don't tell that to Mr. George Beck. His wife's out of her grave. He knows it's not all in the mind. <laughs> It was revealed that a gang of resurrectionist men had rented a house near the churchyard on a street called Row 6. There were all these in Great Yarmouth, like, row houses, yes. which are, like, terraces. Yes. You know about them? I, well, when you said it, I thought, oh, I do know that. Your face, you had, like, a beautific yeah. air of recognition I came over you. I knew, actually knew something. Yeah, it was a surprise <laughs> to us all. Um, <laughs> oh, that's harsh. They'd rented a house on Row 6, just near the churchyard, and in league with a corrupt grave digger, um. had spent two months sneaking at night and uh, digging up the recently buried and stealing the bodies. Two months they had been going on. Yeah, they'd but, done it for and ages. And are they keeping so them at row six or are they well, ferrying him to the... They've got to get somewhere far. What they did was exhumed the bodies, put them into sacks, sack them up men, mm. took them to row six on the house, in the house. And there they packed them into crates and they deliberately made the crates non-coffin shaped because you don't want to be advertising the fact that you're right. transporting bodies. So they made them... So in a coffin, if were you think... Were they round? They, <laughs> <laughs> no one in the world is making a round crate. Surely a barrel is a round crate. Uh, bodies mm, can go in barrels. That's true. Yeah. Do they All go right. over the... Yeah, what I was imagining was like, um, you know, when you cook a camembert? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was imagining one of those, but really massive. Oh, I wish we had a camembert. We all wish that. Yeah, always. Um, so a coffin has a bit of room top and tail because you don't want to cram someone in so much. But they didn't care about that. So they would make it slightly shorter and wider, the crates. Maybe put two next to yeah, each other. Yeah, put two in. No problem. Um, so they didn't look like... 
bodies and they would label them things like glass, fragile for transportation, all this kind of thing. When the story got out, the street became known as Snatch Body Row. (gasps) Not Please tell me the sign still says Slatch that. Body Row. <clears throat> well, only colloquially, not officially. And the cargo would then be transported to Norwich, the nearest other big city, and yeah. from Norwich to London oh. as, as like you know, glass, other goods. That's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, you'd but have you to get, get good money for it real fast. Yeah, you'd have to do it fast because that's bodies you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> There's no ice, is there? It's not just turnips, precious <laughs> cubes. <laughs> Not turnips, you're right, Joe. Uh, the cargo would then be transported to London via Norwich to a secret spot near St. Bartholomew's Hospital. Oh, that lot. And then what happened to it? Was there a chute? A chute. I always think there'll be a chute down to a cellar, a dank cellar. You know, like you put them in the chute and they go. No, because like let's a think, coal hole. Yeah. That's what you do if, you're, if you've murdered a man, you put him in a chute. But if you are selling a body, for dissection, you're not fucking shooting that body. Uh, you're precious, making it? sure it's intact. But you're not going through the front door. <laughs> oh, no. Surely. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of options between <laughs> front door and shoot, aren't there? <laughs> Back door. <laughs> Window. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm saying there's a lot of options. I think so it's a back door or a window. This was the setup. It was chimney. It was an operation to get bodies from Great Yarmouth where no one would suspect. No one did suspect. Until Beck. Until it was too late. And then get the bodies to London, get them to the medical students. We could have our last drink and then I can tell you about how the case unfolded, who was responsible, why were they doing it. Well, we know why. But shall we have the last drink? Do we dare? Okay. Joe's back. She's brought our last drink. We're all demented by now. She's brought it. What? Up there are it. things in them. Things. There are things in them. There's things. That, oh my god! What are these things? Joe, I'm scared. <laughs> Tell me at once. No, there are bodies. I had wanted this to be called pickled parts. <laughs> that was my plan, and that this would have some jelly sweets of like a brain or an eyeball or a part. Yeah. But no. it turns out that Halloween isn't happening this year and none of those jelly sweets mm. exist anywhere. So instead it's jelly babies. Well, it's pickled Pickle babies. bodies. Which little did you know how relevant that well, was going I to know. be. Well, I know. Now it feels extra <laughs> awful that I've just <laughs> oh, thrown some children I'm into I'm scared though because I... Pickling vat. And what's the, the booze around the whiskey. babies? Whiskey. Oh my God. Is it... So what you're telling me is this is just jelly babies in whiskey. <laughs> when you say it like that, then I mean that is what it. I is. mean, have you got? Have you, Ruth? Have you taken a picture? Because when the babies are lurking out of the swamp, it is a bit. It's a good image. But yeah. in my mind, it was pickled body. Parts. No, it is. You're right. It's good. Well, I was thinking of those men with their pickling jars. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. good. We read that book. I mean, I think it's good we left this till the end. Yeah. I don't know what putting a jelly baby oh, in whiskey tastes like. Let's find out. Let's <laughs> everyone. Done it. Let's everybody find out now. <laughs> Good. Oh, tastes mainly of whiskey, <laughs> with a little sweet hint. I think this is a murky look. Look, that one's smiling out of the swamp. Are you smiling out of the swamp? You realise I won't eat these jelly babies. No, I might try one. I'm going to eat them. I'm going to okay. put one in my mouth right now. Okay. Oh God. What? Oh, in it goes. Oh, mm-hmm. chewing, chewing. A confused expression. What's weird about that is that normally a jelly baby is not slimy. <laughs> <laughs> 
but it's become slimy. Become a bit slimy. Oh, it's actually cold. Well, I'm not going to. I don't want to gross you out too much, but a body would be slimy mm. after a while. Okay, we're on the last stretch. Who had perpetrated these heinous body snatching crimes? We know it wasn't Billy. Back to the tavern with you, Billy. You're in the clear. Back to the tavern. Pick up your tankard and continue drinking. Take that tankard covered in the blood of a body snatcher that you've bludgeoned in his brains. Oh, so you think Billy is in the mob. Yeah. Billy's Uh, on the other side. I think Billy's on the other side. Yeah. Now, the ringleader had rented the house under the name of Mr. Thomas Smith. Oh, Smith. That's just... Classic. After a little bit of investigating, it was revealed that he was, in fact... A Mr. Thomas Vaughan, a known resurrection man who usually operated in London. Yeah. Is there a book of them? A yellow pages? <laughs> <laughs> well, find your local resurrectionist. Yeah. The other two men in the gang were alleged to be a pair of brothers from Beckles in Suffolk. And it was known that Vaughan had operated in Beckles in Suffolk before carrying out some similar snatching. It soon was revealed... That once the cargo, a.k.a. corpses, was taken to a secret spot near St. Bartholomew's in London, medical students would come, choose their corpse, or would be arrayed, arrayed in the room. What? Like choosing a handbag? Exactly. I don't know why it's a handbag, that's weird, but, like, you know... It is weird, because you've never chosen a handbag I know. Well, like, <laughs> why have you said this? I, I don't... I'm trying to think of a thing that posh people walk around choosing. Yeah. The listeners are imagining Katie as a handbag. I mean, I'm so glamorous, that is definitely the vibe I give off. Oh. So the, the students would come and have a look. They'd go, well, this is how I imagine it, this isn't in... Ruth Richardson's book so they'd be like well this one's the freshest but this is a 60 year old man I've dissected boring boring. Mm. I've dissected loads of them because they do a lot of crime 60 year old men (laughs) yep here's a 25 year old woman more unusual oh but she's not in a great state of decay a bit squishy yeah what am I really going to find out from (laughs) her (laughs) <laughs> it would be. So they... Um, Quite high on the squishy scale. They have to, you know, weigh up their pros and cons and they make their decision. They pay Thomas Vaughan 10 to 12 guineas to take the body away. As far as I can tell, that's around £800 in today's money. Ooh. No, I don't think that's that much for a whole body. No, that's not much for a whole body. But I don't okay. know if that accounts for inflation. So I'm, I'm sorry because I did spend really a long time trying to work out how much that was and now I can't remember my own methods have I taken account for inflation I feel like you'd want to, someone to spend more than £800 on a body don't well, you? Well you've gone to all that effort of digging it up transporting it you've had to pay you know you've had to pay the courier Do you know how much a guinea is? No. A guinea is a pound and a shilling uh, maybe that's you're no none the wiser. No, no, but so maybe if that's like nine, I mean it's going to be more than eight hundred pounds. So if it's a pound and a shilling, maybe it's like nine hundred pounds. Maybe was nine hundred pounds a lot in the early eighteen hundreds? Well, it's all a lot. I just think it's maybe not enough for a body. But there we are. But then maybe if you had no pounds, eight hundred pounds is better than no pounds. I guess if you're, um, I was going to say if you're operating on the black market, things are cheaper. But maybe they're more expensive. I think eight hundred pounds is a huge amount at that time. Sure, but I, what I'm saying is. I don't know if my calculations have added right. inflation already. We can't trust them. No. So, I'm sorry, everyone. We can't trust them. So, here we are. The students took them up the corpses. They paid Vaughan the money. He was the ringleader. He'd roped in these other two guys just to help him do the grunt work. When the case came to court, Vaughan's two accomplices were discharged. They were 
really, they were like, we're not that bothered about these guys. They were the cart drivers. Yeah. Vaughan was sent to London to be tried because that's where the bodies were being. I think that's fair. Yeah? Mm. Guess what sentence Vaughan got? Dissection. Christ, that would be ironic. That's what death and then dissection. Yeah, sorry. Dissection first, no, w- later death. I wasn't being really nasty, I just meant death and then dissection. Transportation. Let's find out. Because it's not murder and it's not treason. He received a sentence of six months imprisonment. <gasps> and then he goes back to it. Richardson, Ruth Richardson, uh, author of the book, adds, as a point of comparison, that around the same period, poachers, poaching was a big mm. crime, were regularly transported to the colonies for stealing wildfowl. And uh, Mr. Vaughan, just six months for stealing bodies. Because it's not a property, is it? Not a property crime. Mm. Madness. Oh, it's definitely worth it then. Right, exactly. Well, that's it's the worth thing, it, yeah. isn't it? The and also the if you're doing it in Great Yarmouth, you're not you're not worried as much about the vigilante mobs. Um, yeah. And the benefit is great, and the risk is quite small. Who is behind the scheme? The doctor. Doctor Who. the TARDIS so who had enlisted the help of London resurrectionist Thomas Vaughan and why did he end up in Great Yarmouth quite away from his normal operating area was it a doctor that was born in Yarmouth and then thought easy pickings how cunning that's very cunning of you here Sir Astley Cooper enters the story Uh, say again Sir Astley Cooper Astley is a funny name. Right. Finn's making an appearance. A renowned... Sir Astley Cooper. Hello, Sir Astley Cooper. No. Finn doesn't have the brains to be Sir Astley Cooper. I'm sorry, Finn. Sir Astley Cooper was a renowned anatomist and surgeon. He was an extremely well-regarded doctor who had, in 1820, just a few years before, removed an infected sebaceous cyst from the head of King George IV. Wow. It does go to the top. Katie, it does go to the top. So, Astley Cooper is a very a real physician. He's he's the best in the business. Well, he is known. Sir Astley Cooper. He's known for being Astley. Astley, sorry. He's known for being one of the top surgeons in the country. Very well respected. Very well renowned. Almost a household name for this surgery. On he is considered to have uh, possibly saved the life of King George. The fourth. He is remembered for his strides in the field of comparative anatomy, also discoveries and advances in vascular surgery, especially, which is like veins, arteries, all that shit. By the 1820s, Cooper had risen to the level of great success and prestige, but he'd started life as the son of a clergyman in Norfolk. Mm. Oh my god. Yes. Katie was right. Astley Cooper's father had spent some time stationed at the Yarmouth Minster, St Nicholas Church. What an absolute wretch. Well. Oh, but all those things Ruth said, he did do some good stuff. Well, this is the question. So during Vaughan's imprisonment, the six months imprisonment of Thomas Vaughan, Cooper paid him an allowance of 10 shillings per week. He felt guilty. He felt responsible. He felt responsible. Or he didn't want Vaughan to reveal any more secrets. The thing is, though... It was kind of an open secret. But maybe there was more hiding. Maybe, maybe. The thing with Ashley Cooper, though, is that he was very open about the fact that he thought that the resurrectionist men were performing, you know, a necessary service. 
So he, I mean, to his credit, we might say, at least he followed through with that. So mm. he put up some bail money for Vaughan. He uh, continued paying him this allowance when he was in prison because Vaughan had basically been working at his behest to get these corpses. So all in all, Vaughan and his gang, under the direct or not so direct instruction of Sir Ashley Cooper, stole between 10 and 20 bodies from the churchyard of St. Really? Nicholas that's loads. Over the course of two months. Is that how many people died in maybe that? I, I or maybe some were nothing. Some, to base maybe it some on, were a bit. Well, like I don't, a yeah, I don't know how big Yarmouth is, but maybe some were a bit fresh when they got there. If only he'd been there twenty years later. Oh, oh. McPhee, you went there. What after? What became of Vaughan? Yes, what became of after Vaughan? his short sentence was fulfilled? He went somewhere else and did it again. He went back yes. to his old ways, of course. Beckles? Look, yeah. he's been there. He's been in Beckles. He's basically made a career of this. He's good at it. However, you'll find this fun. He'd grown <laughs> cocky. And it wasn't long before he made a very foolish mistake. He stole someone famous. No, not even that, Katie. On one of his snatching trips, he took not just the body from the coffin, but the clothes and other personal effects of the victim. <gasps> and then it's property theft. Yeah, and then it's we property theft. Oh, I see. Because that's... that's our money and we want that. Almost hilariously to the ears of the modern listener, this then raises his crime from body snatching, misdemeanour, to grave robbing, which is a felony. Uh... And then he gets transported. Then he gets transported. Ah, yes! <laughs> Australia are dead. <laughs> he was transported to Australia. But isn't that crazy? Well, earlier when um, we talked about him not stealing the clothes, I didn't. I was still thinking, well, that. Was, seems a well, also, it thing takes to time done. to take the clothes exactly. off. But now it makes sense. Yeah. It was, it, you know, it's insane. It so that now. basically moved his crime from a minor thing into a big thing what was he thinking was he rushed it was a rushed job well also you don't know maybe the clothes were especially nice but then it where would you i don't know that? oh yeah but that's what became a vaughan and then do we know after so that? years of snatching bodies and then he made the mistake of taking a few other things from the grave and then he goes to grave robber and then he's transported isn't that crazy foolish i hope though because all like he did was found a opening to make some cash and helped some people maybe he helped medical science maybe he's benefited well, all of us Vaughan so I hope he was a happy sheep farmer when he finally got there do you okay you've persuaded um, Katie yeah I'm on totally on board wow everything's alright if you get paid enough money for it is what I am up to at this point <laughs> would you like to hear what happened to Ashley Cooper yes please the renowned surgeon who was at the top of this body snatching business uh, he is still regarded as one of the most influential and accomplished anatomists in British history with his dissection work leading to some of the most important discoveries of modern medicine he was always open about his association with resurrection men and regarded body snatching as a necessary part of the advancement of human knowledge he's an interesting figure Really interesting. He's got statues. He's got, there's like schools named after him. He was like a huge, huge figure in uh, British medicine. And he himself accredits a lot of that to the fact that body snatchers were able to bring bodies to himself and his students to work on. So, interesting. I, I like that he's open about it. Mm. He was open about he it. He sounds like an honest chap. And then the only other thing is, I've just got a few things about, like, what? why aren't people still snatching bodies? Yes, what changed? Yeah, what changed? What, what, what closed changed? the window? People got on board with it? No. So, in fact, the opposite. So, um, as we discussed earlier, the Birkenhair murders and corpse 
trading in Edinburgh was very well publicised when they were captured. 16 murders, they sold all these bodies. There was a lot of revulsion. The London Burkers, which was shortly after that, the same thing, they were stealing bodies, they were killing people and selling them. Basically, public horror at this increasing wave of of snatching and also there was a society formed in around 1810 so before our time of the Thomas Vaughan thing but an anatomical society of influential surgeons was formed and they were working for several years to try and say look we don't have the bodies we need anymore because you've changed no not people aren't getting killed for small larceny things fine but they're like well it means that we don't have the bodies we need so body snatching has grown up as a trade as a result of the fact that there's a need for these bodies So they had lobbied for a change to the law to make more bodies available and eventually public opinion kind of turned in the favour after all these bad snatching cases. And in 1832, five years after Thomas Vaughan, the Anatomy Act came into being. The Anatomy Act gave the option for licensed surgeons, doctors, students, physicians to have the right to take unclaimed bodies So anyone that died whose body wasn't claimed, they could then take that body and use it for dissection. there must have been a lot of those. There were a lot, but again, it's the poorer echelons of society. So it's people who die in prisons, it's people who die in workhouses, people who die on the streets, uh, in hospitals, all these people. It's It's not, you know healthy, fit people. So you're going to look at bodies that have got a lot of... Well, and it's, mal- it's people who don't have families, bodies. it's people who've yeah. gone through the cracks of society. But they're going to be malnourished, deprived bodies and they're not going to be... So that that Anatomy Act basically solved the problem of body snatching because it immediately made a huge plethora mm. of, of corpses once again available. But it, there was a lot of opposition to it because it did say, you know, it's mainly poor people who haven't given their consent and they're being scooped away by, by doctors. The next of kin of... The deceased could also donate their next of kin. For to... money, I'm sure. Yeah, I think so. so again, if you're poor, you'd do it. Yeah. yeah. So that sort of ended the body snatching because there suddenly were loads more bodies available to What did they all schools. move on to? What was their next thing? What, the snatchers? Yes. I don't know. They just found a new crime. Now, <laughs> I'm just interested as an end. What do you think? Look, um, do we need this anatomy act? Because now it means that... There's a legal way for students, surgeons to pursue medical science or what do you think? I suppose that the act in the way, I don't know, this is my quick answer, it's probably a good thing. It's probably a good thing because the distress caused people like Mr Beck thinks his wife's dead in the ground, goes there, she's not there. But hopefully in our modern world we wouldn't need that because people would donate their bodies to science. Yeah, so that became more more prevalent was that people would donate their bodies to science. Yeah, I can get that in the 1800s you'd be super distressed. You think your wife or dad or kid is in the ground and they're not. They're, yeah, being cut up in Edinburgh. I wonder how many people now donate their bodies to science. I think it's interesting and I'm going to weirdly... Uh, just refer we Chris and I have just watched Dares which is the series about Dennis Nielsen the serial killer and just one thing in that that he said that I thought was really interesting obviously it's a dramatisation he's killed all these young men and then he's talking to this writer he wants to write about him and the writer's like I can't believe you kept their bodies in a cupboard for all this time and da 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 and then Dennis Nielsen's like well I did but I also strangled some 
people that were living and put them through this horrible torment, why are you more concerned about what happens to them when they're dead than what happened to them when they were alive? Mm. And it was like a lot of like homeless people or uh, drug addicts and uh, kind of vulnerable people. And it made me think a bit... I mean, I'm not saying Dennis Nielsen's a, a source of wisdom, but it's the thing of, like, you can't get outraged over what happens to the bodies of people in workhouses and prisons if, during their life, you basically don't give a shit about what happens to them. Mm. And workhouses and prisons would have been pretty vile and Do you know what I mean? It's, it just yeah. sort of seems like, you know, it's a hypocritical yeah. to say now they're dead, they should be treated with respect and dignity when, while they were alive, we were prepared to mm. ignore them and... Hope they went away. You didn't think that was coming out after we'd had a bloodbath, <laughs> no. did you? There we are. I've made a serious end. I know. It, feel, it feels pretty sombre there. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Well, it's true. Well, let's. But then all the way through the story, the poor were always losing. Yeah. And the maybe the poor. Always losing. But the poor exactly. are always losing. Yeah, it's true. Let's fill some blood bags up and oh, go and deliver them around town. <laughs> we're going off to drink some more blood bags. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the story of the body snatchers. I think it's given us all a lot to think about. But thank you, Joan Katie. How delightful to have you both Yay! back. Oh, it's so nice to all be back together. And we'll try and do another one, but let's see what happens in the next few weeks regarding the rule of six. Will it be the rule of two? Or we'll deliver an, uh, a legal one from the underground recording in a car park somewhere. <laughs> In a dank car park. A dank car park. <laughs> we'll hire a house on row six and we'll sneak in. Um, anyway, yes, thank you so much for listening and I hope I'll see you again soon. Oh, goodbye. There we go then. The story of the Yarmouth body snatchers and lots of other uh, unpleasant and criminal activities on the way, but also the advancement of modern medicine. Thanks to Joe and Katie and thank you for listening as ever. Uh, next time we'll be back. It will be a Halloween special, of course, that most exciting of seasonal events is coming up. So we've got some more ghost stories from Cambridge for you coming up for Halloween. So do check back in and join us for that.